If you'd like to know more about nutritional periodization or the idea that we can and should be planning out our nutrition for an extended period of time, both with periods of potentially low calories and high calories and lower training volume and higher training volume, then this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show is for you. Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show where each week you will hear the real-world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master, their health, productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert consultant to Fortune 500 companies and world championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today, and without further ado, let's jump right in. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 80 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I am pleased to welcome on the show Sam Miller from sammillersciences.com. Sam is a super smart guy that has a unique ability to translate complex concepts into really relatable and easy to understand frameworks for coaches and individuals that he mentors. Today we talk on the show about this fat loss fallacy idea that basically creating a caloric deficit is all that is needed for weight loss. Now, you've heard me harp on this approach in multiple episodes in the past, but today Sam and I take it one step further by really diving into the nuances of why calories can be utilized so differently for each individual and basically what other factors have a potentially equal or sometimes greater influence on our physique goals. Uh, Additionally, we talk about the concept of nutritional periodization or basically just realistically manipulating the variables of a nutrition plan. And oftentimes this is in line with our training intensity, so times where we would uh, back off on training, calories would be lower, times when we train more aggressively, calories can be higher, but basically it's a way to build out our entire year for people in a way that is really sustainable and almost enjoyable for them that will lead to also long-term success and help you improve your health. And that's the ultimate goal, is get you to your goals in a way that's going to support your health long term. So I'm confident that you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. Now, of course, assuming you do, please do me a huge favor and go into your iTunes account and leave the show a five-star rating and a positive review. It's taken a lot of energy, uh, time, and commitment, and obviously passion to hit 80 episodes. I'm very, very proud of what I've been able to do with this show. Obviously, I think there's a lot of things that I can be doing better, but I have every intention of continuing to rock an awesome podcast, provide the best quality content for you guys. And I actually just realized that I had the podcast in the wrong category in iTunes. So my goal moving forward is to get this Smart Nutrition Made Simple show ranked in health and fitness podcasts in iTunes. And and to be honest, I don't really know what that means, except that um, I have every intention of, of having it make top 50 or top 25 within the next year. And I need your help to do that. So if you wouldn't mind, if you enjoy the show, if you've been listening and finding value in the content, or you just like listening to me ramble on, then please, please leave me a five 
five-star rating, positive review, so that I can get more people's ears on the show. I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode with Sam Miller. Here we go. Sam Miller, welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm excited to uh, have you on. And I, you know, we met a couple weeks ago at Dr. Jade Tita's female metabolism event in SoCal. And I had the opportunity to uh, listen to you speak. And I really enjoyed your lecture on female metabolism, but it was much more broad in terms of talking about fat loss and talking about you know, calories in, calories out, and nutritional periodization, which actually really resonated with me because that's something that I've, you know, intuitively been implementing in my practice for the last couple of years. And so it was, it was really just great to hear um, someone that's really progressive in their framework of coaching. Um, and obviously it just really resonated with me. So obviously I needed to have you on the show. So thanks for being here, man. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm glad that you know, the, the concepts were applicable to your business. And, you know, my goal is whether it's someone in their own fitness transformation or for coaches, it's just taking things that seem really complicated, like the idea of metabolism or energy expenditure um, or fat loss, and basically distilling that down into themes and patterns and strategies that we can actually use to move people towards their goals. So, um, whether it's a presentation, whether it's coaching, whether it's a podcast, I always try and frame things with a more practical context. So not just uh, scientific education, but also the application that goes along with it. Well, that's, that's just it. And that's why this show is called the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, because I just think that, you know, we make things far more complex in the nutritional space than they have to be. And, you know, it's, it's not always easy to determine what's going on with someone. It's not always easy to get results, but with all of the information out there, it certainly can be confusing. And so any way where we can make it easier to digest for those people listening is, is a big win in my book and I know for yours as well. So one of the things that, um, you know, I mentioned that I really wanted to talk with you about was kind of this fat loss fallacy uh, a framework that you talked about at Dr. Jade's event. And I'd love to dive into that first off for our listeners, but basically, you know, starting with the idea that you know, calories, not just a calorie. And can you expand on that whole concept? Sure. So zooming out a little bit. So the idea of the fat loss fallacy is basically that both calories or energy expenditure matters in terms of our fat loss pursuits, but that hormones also matter. Um, and that the cal caloric quantity and caloric quality are one of the biggest drivers of overall thyroid health, uh, which is one of the main drivers of metabolism. So whether you're trying to build muscle or you want to be lean, look good on the beach, have nicer abs or uh, better biceps and glutes, really any, any of those things are going to fall into that category. So the reason I, I call it a fat loss fallacy is most people use the linear approach to subtracting calories, which is, okay, I want to lose five pounds. I'm going to take away 500 calories a day from my diet, or maybe mm -hmm. 250 from diet, 250 from exercise. And they basically progress in a very linear fashion. And unfortunately, what happens with that is, you know, our body's very smart, it, it does its job in protecting us. And basically, there are physiological, or as I call it, inter internal health adaptations that occur, that basically can sometimes create frustration or plateaus, 
when it comes to fat loss. And that's where that periodization comes in. That smart nutrition that you talked about comes into play is understanding that we need a game plan and sometimes a stair-step approach, uh, sometimes matador, sometimes, you know, picking and choosing mm -hmm. nutritional protocols based on the individual in order to really drive results. So fat loss fallacy just speaks to the fact that fat loss is more than just calories in calories out. It's actually the calories that we eat minus the calories that are actually absorbed. And then you have to factor in things like resting metabolic rate, which is also known scientifically as basal metabolic rate, non-exercise activity level, which is abbreviated as NEAT. We have exercise activity level, EAT, and then um, the thermic effect of food. So certain foods like proteins uh, tend to require more energy to digest as opposed to something like a fat or a carbohydrate. So when you factor all of that together, that equation is more so a better predictor of your fat loss success as opposed to just looking solely at calories and calories out. As you can tell from that second equation, even though we added some things to it, calories are still a very key substantial component of that equation, but it's not the only, uh, the only factor, right? There's so much more that's going yeah. into that. And where our hormones start to matter, where our lifestyle starts to matter is things like basal metabolic rate and non-exercise related activity, which are two primary drivers of metabolism and ultimately uh, shape the way that we look and feel as human beings. Yeah, you know, a couple of things that I think are really important within that to pull out are that we're all functioning very differently. Um, and so we're digesting those calories very differently. And so we just, you know, our bodies process potentially the same calories very differently. Uh, you know, the way the calories show up in terms of the type of food, uh, the where the food came from, if it's from an animal, what the animal ate, uh, the soil quality, all of those things I think really matter when it comes to talking about caloric intake and, you know, offering kind of this more expansive overview of you kind of have to put things into perspective there and say 100 calories of, of steak is very different for two different people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would say also like, is it grass fed steak? Or, you know, what cut, kind of cut of steak is it, you know, the 100 calories could be primarily fat, or let's say you get some really great grass fed sirloin um, on an animal that was pasture raised, you know, the nutritional quality is going to be quite different there. So I'm definitely a proponent of both understanding portions and food quantity. But I also do understand the role that if your budget allows for it, if you have the resources to invest in uh, higher food quality, you know, we can obviously reap some benefits. There are certain things that make sense to, you know, spring for grass fed or organic or better food quality. Um, and then there are other things where we just kind of have to do our best to make the, um, you know, best possible decision to get the best possible outcome with the resources that we have available. So I always try to have a re realistic conversation with clients around that. But, um, you know, where, you know, let's use that 100 calorie example if something had a higher percentage of protein, uh, we're technically burning a bit more in the thermic effect right. of food and digestion, which is then impacting that. So getting your adequate protein, moving a lot in terms of non-exercise activity, having quality foods where we have sufficient micronutrient status is now also going to help with things like thyroid health. Uh, in males, we're looking at testosterone and the ratio to other hormones. In females, we're looking at cycle health and you know, food quality plays into micronutrition, which I think can sometimes be underrated when we're looking at someone's hormonal health and things like inflammation. But uh, a lot of times, you know, with those buzzwords, I think people tend to fall on different extreme sides of the spectrum 
whether it's, you know, calories only or food quality only. And really we need to use both of them as, you know, tools in a toolbox of, of a transformation yeah. that we're trying to accomplish as opposed to pinning them against each other. Because, you know, ultimately if you can reach a crossroads where you have pretty solid food quality and you're adherent and consistent to your diet, but ultimately your um, calories are in line, you know, we can, mm. we can do a lot for someone's health just by controlling whether we're in a caloric deficit, caloric surplus, or, or calorie maintenance, whether that's from a chronic disease perspective or from an aesthetics uh, perspective. So, you know, whether we're looking at aesthetics, performance, or longevity, all of those things kind of fall into that umbrella of that total daily energy equation that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, I like that. And, and I'm going to add one more thing to the, the whole calorie conversation. And that's it, that basically our understanding of, of these calorie numbers as it pertains to like the USDA data and stuff like that in and of itself has a pretty significant margin for error. So when we're punching in, you know, 100 calories of steak in my fitness pal, like within that within there, there's a big margin for error in terms of these estimated calorie amounts for foods. And so I think it's pretty important not to get too myopic down that road of, of just counting every single morsel. But, but then going what I'd like to talk to you next is really understanding some of these lifestyle movement mindset factors that also influence how we're digesting, absorbing, assimilating these nutrients. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, so I think the best way that I try to frame this from a metabolic standpoint is, um, you know, a, I, about a year and a half ago, I kind of accidentally created what I call the P3 model, which is just looking at um, most clients and listeners to this to this show, uh, or if you're a coach and you have clients of your own, you'll find that people have physical goals, and just like I said earlier, you know, maybe that's in relation to their dress size, their abs. Maybe they just want to look better in a swimsuit. Uh, but ultimately, we have these physical goals. They could be longevity-based, performance-based, or aesthetic-based. I think a lot of people mainly uh, are on that latter aesthetic portion of that, uh, that triangle. Sure. And so really what we're doing is trying to manipulate things like our daily practices and our perception, so like our relationship with food, our relationship with exercise, our relationship with ourselves mm – -hmm. Um, all of those things play into our cumulative volume of stress. So stress, just like training, we have, you know, volumes of, of stress, uh, different varying levels of intensity and different levels of frequency that that stress comes into our lives. So depending on our lifestyle and our decisions and then our habits, routines, and rituals, the way we feel about ourselves, those things influence our physiology, which is ultimately one of the greatest predictors of our physical success uh, and physical outcomes, whether that's a dress size or whether that's building muscle or just, you know, looking better in photos, ultimately the key drivers of that are going to be, you know, our training, nutrition, and lifestyle on the practices side. And then yeah. our mindset falls into perception. So that's self-belief, self-advocacy, having a growth mindset, understanding how to overcome obstacles, and then also, um, you know, being, you know, you have to sort of support yourself and have a positive mindset around what you're doing, a positive relationship with the variables that go into uh, health behavior and ultimately, uh, as we're trying to overcome obstacles in our health transformation. Yeah. So if I'm understanding you correctly and trying to apply this to the individual is saying, despite the fact that we could be in a caloric deficit, we may not be seeing results from a physique or a weight loss or a fat loss standpoint because of these other ancillary factors, um, lifestyle, movement, mindset, 
that are influencing our physiology in one way or another, in this particular case, negatively influencing our physiology to hold on to body fat. Is that error? Yeah, I, well, so it could be body fat related, but there's a whole host of other things, right? So stress, um, mm -hmm. you know, overly sympathetic stimuli, right? Toxicity, exposure. You know, we can have we could have a gut issue. We could have so like intestinal permeability. We could have issues with cortisol, thyroid, testosterone. Sometimes that shows up in physical body fat accumulation, but uh, sometimes there are other things going on, and we could look healthy. Uh, you know, I'll use myself as an example, like several years ago, I looked very um, in shape or aesthetically uh, good on the surface, but ultimately I had a lot of stuff going on in my body from uh, just the amount of training mm -hmm. that I was doing, total volume, my nutrition, I uh, ultimately had to do some uh, autoimmune and elimination type protocols to bring things back in check and just my gut health and digestion was not where it should be. So um, when we're looking at that fat loss fallacy, as much as so much of the fitness industry is based on fat loss. Uh, I think we want to bring it all back to, well, we're in, in this journey or in this pursuit of, of looking better. Uh, are we actually feeling better? And where does our kind of well-being yeah. fall in all of that? And so the reason I back it up to physiology and then ultimately practices and perception is I find that the people who are most successful with their transformation have a really keen understanding of where they need to be with their daily practices and where they need to be in their perceptions, both their relationship with themselves, their social network, uh, their relationship with food, their relationship with exercise. When all of those things, when those boxes are checked, I think the sustainability of that fat loss or muscle gain or overall physique transformation becomes much more sustainable. So really the equation or model or you know P3 model that I was talking about is really just a, it's different buckets, different ways to look at where things fall um, when it, oftentimes thinking about something like a hormone or thinking about something like metabolism can seem very, very, very overwhelming. But if I tell you that, you know, you need to get more sleep and that that's a daily practice, like a habit, routine, and ritual it becomes a big, bit easier to sort stuff out. Um, even if, you know, you and I wanted to go down a science rabbit hole, we know that sleep improves insulin sensitivity, helps with testosterone right. levels, you know, delta wave sleep or slow wave sleep has all sorts of benefits. Um, and a cascade of reactions that occur after that. So there's there's so many layers that we can go down with that. But ultimately, I try to take that fat loss fallacy, zoom out, create some perspective for folks. And whether you're coaching or in your own transformation, just understand that um, all of these are equally important in shaping your success. Yeah, for sure, man. And and that's something I've observed so much over the years of 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 just you know, banging my head against the wall of, of not really understanding why clients are getting the results that they deserve to get with all the hard work that they're putting in. And oftentimes when we go down this linear path of caloric restriction, then we back ourselves into a corner. And this is what a lot of the situation that a lot of people are in now. And then we have to kind of have that conversation that is, okay, well, what's going on with the rest of your lifestyle, with your sleep, with your digestion, with your kind of sub subjective measures of hunger, energy, cravings, mood, libido, so on and so forth, and work our way back. And I think that's a difficult conversation to have with people because it's some of those seemingly intangible things or you know, it's, it's easy for people to say, all right, objectively, like I have 1,750 calories and I have these macros and they want to cling to these numbers. 
But when we say, all right, well, we've got to improve the quality of your sleep, or we really need to take some time and, and balance things out and focus on digestion, then it becomes yeah. a much bigger project. Yeah, it becomes more of a life project instead of just, For I think sure. sometimes we live in this, uh, this little area of, you know, a bubble, I guess you could say, of fitness, whether it's on Instagram, social media, magazines, TV, you know, the sexy topics are like food and workouts. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's cool to see those uh, on social media. Very rarely are we talking about, you know, gut health, digestion, sleep, Right. Um, you know, balanced lifestyle, stress management, because really, you know, they're not these like flashy videos that are going to catch your attention. Um, and, and it seems people don't necessarily classify that as part of health for whatever reason, uh, when they're all very integrative, it's, it's taking a more thorough and broad reaching approach. But I think, you know, like we were discussing, it's really necessary to help get people where they want to be. Hey guys, would you like to work with me on helping you optimize your energy levels over the next eight weeks? I have a brand new program called the Energy Recharge Solution starting on November 4th, and I'd love to work with you. I've been working on this system for the last two years, and I call it the Pure Science Proven Results Process. In it, I teach you the fundamental habits necessary to create massive change in the four pillars that matter most for optimized energy and long-term fat loss, nutrition, movement, lifestyle, and mindset. Now we're building an amazing reference library of success stories of high achieving men and a few brave women from all walks of life. This will be an online eight-week coaching program led by me and the purpose is to give you the no BS tools to literally recharge your internal battery so that you can focus on what really matters most in your life, like your family and functioning at your best all day, every day. Now, naturally, this is for men and women who are results-oriented and ready to take serious action and not for those unwilling to invest in their success. If you'd like to join us, then go ahead and schedule an introductory call with me so I can tell you more about the program just head over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. Looking forward to our conversation and enjoy the rest of the show. 100% and, and I think it comes down to having a very open and honest uh, conversation at the very beginning, uh, which I know you're big on is just laying it out for them saying, here's what realistically it's probably going to look like. Uh, and this is certainly is not going to, well, for most people, you know, certainly it's not going to be a an eight week to shred or 12 week to shred type program for most of us living in this day and age. It just doesn't work that way, especially if they've done any, you know, have any kind of aggressive dieting or, and or intense exercise history. And, yeah. you know, that's why I really appreciate kind of the nutritional periodization approach. So I'd like to transition into that as using this, this idea of nutritional periodization. I'll have you explain kind of what that means as a, as a way of, of managing this whole process of saying, we're not just going to diet you down all the time is we're going to have periods of potentially lower calories and then periods of higher calories. And, and so uh, if you wouldn't mind jumping into that a little bit. Sure. Uh, I think you defined it really well. Um, nutritional periodization. First of all, periodization is a really big, uh, sounds like a big word, yeah. but for those in the audience, basically just the idea of planning, right? So it's having stages and phases to how we want to map out your transformation. So whether that's for fat loss, whether that's for lifting, um, your caloric consumption, your recovery, we want to periodize all of these things and basically make them integrate really nicely together 
it makes sense that after a period of intense dieting, we need to recover, bring the body back to normal. Uh, all too often in diet culture, I think, you know, the first time you do an eight to 12 week, you know, get ripped fast thing, it might work, but every subsequent mm -hmm. time, especially if you're not recovering appropriately between times, we're sort of shooting ourselves in the foot when it comes to our metabolic health and overall um, sustainability. Ultimately, yeah. we just have to go lower and lower with calories until we look up one day and it's like, where do we go from here? So right. the idea of nutritional periodization is just depending on your goal. Now, if it's performance related, it may increase calories, whether it's uh, fat loss, we may decrease calories. It's the idea of steering your nutrition. So if you think of it as, um, you know, if we're, if, if we're working together in a coaching relationship and you have a set of goals, uh, a lot of times it's going to feel like we're on a sailboat, not a jet ski or, you know, where we can just quickly pivot, make quick changes and, and ultimately get those results really quickly. You know, we have to account for external variables like the wind um, mm -hmm. and ultimately what's going on in the water. And then we can sort of pivot, adjust and use a compass to move in the direction of the, the place that we ultimately need to go but it's not always quite as rapid. And so what I like about periodization is the idea that really we should go into a diet phase knowing how we're gonna come out of it. We should go into a muscle building phase knowing how we're going to come out of that as well. Mm -hmm. So it's pre-planning your modes uh, of, of what you, how you're kind of operating in your uh, physical pursuits and then ultimately uh, staggering it, right? So we shouldn't always be dieting 52 weeks out of the year and uh, I think that's one concept that's been really key and how that's come about, um, whether it's through social media or nutritional education, uh, some of the things that, you know, Jade does and, and some of the mm -hmm. other practitioners out there. I think it's very, very key in spreading awareness around that because right now I think there is definitely still a bit of diet culture hanging on where people think that they need to be on a diet all the time. And so one of my most popular seminars to date is just the idea of nutrition versus diets. You can steer your nutrition to accomplish the goals of a diet, but you really shouldn't be on a diet all the time. And I really kind of hate the term diet uh, in 100%. general. So it's just maintaining the, the concept that we can uh, manipulate both macro and micronutrition to ultimately drive success uh, through planned periods, uh, just like we would with a well-structured exercise program. I really like it and I know it, it's working so well and now we're starting to have some research to support it. You know, conversely, the, the research on dieting and, and lack of, of benefit or, you know, just the fact that 95% of diets fail or whatever. Uh, but, but just helping clientele and for those of you listening, just wrap your head around the idea. I think it's a much easier pill to swallow to, to have the understanding of, of saying, oh, well, this is good. Like, one is I know it's not going to be realistic for me to diet, diet, diet. We all have things going on. We all have busy lifestyles, families, kids, whatever, travel. And so for people to understand, like, there's going to be periods where I'm going to have to work a little harder, be a little more intense with my nutritional structure. But then there's going to be periods where it may be a little more lenient. I may have a little bit more freedom. And obviously, there's a million different variations that we can do with clientele based on their lifestyle and and education and mindset and, you know, willingness to change and so on. But I'm curious within this concept of nutritional periodization, if we're talking about, well, let's talk about someone who wants to lose weight. What are some of the 
kind of typical strategies that you would employ, just generally speaking, to facilitate this idea of, of dieting and, and coming off? Or, and maybe how would you uh, tie in some kind of training with that? Uh, so basically matching periods. So as training volume goes up or work capacity goes up, the amount of volume of exercise goes up, ideally um, calorie consumption would go up. Kind of the idea yeah. of what Jade talks about with eat more, ex exercise more, he calls those um, metabolic toggles. Yeah. And so the idea is that we're matching metabolic toggles. Only during certain periods of time should we be let's say training more, but eating less. That's very, very rare um, instance that that should be happening. Right. And what I love about what you said in the periodization standpoint is it's not always about dieting more or losing more fat. It's about you should be able to go on vacation with your significant other or your family or go to something with your kids and have planned periods of breaks where you know, you're allowed to live life as a human. Um, and I think that's something that gets lost sometimes in that in fat loss culture is, well, like I said, you shouldn't be dieting all the time, but even with nutritional periodization, there should be room in your plan to basically have periods of time where you're intentionally maintaining what you accomplished over the last 12 weeks or what you're intentionally yeah. maintaining because the body wants homeostasis. It wants a new normal. So let's teach it what we want new normal to be. We want to be able to go out um, for a date on Fridays or Saturdays, we want to be able to, you know, go to our kids' football game um, and not have to like always, you know, pack something in, in Tupperware per se. So I want my clients and ultimately the coaches that I, I coach in terms of working with their clients, I really want them to be able to drive home the lifestyle component, the sustainability component. Um, I'd rather have you lose five to seven pounds of fat and keep it off for a really long time. Yeah then yeah. be the coach that, oh, I, I mean, how'd you lose 20 pounds in four weeks? But then, you know, I leave you hanging out to dry. You don't know what to do. You yo-yo diet all the time. That's not healthy for your body or from a mindset perspective, that's incredibly challenging and upsetting for a client to experience. So I'm a uh, you know, huge proponent of using periodization to establish maintenance periods and to help you after you've sort of made progress towards a goal Let's not take a bunch of steps backwards by trying to burn the candle at both ends. Let's intentionally recover and uh, then make another push forward in the future. Yeah, so absolutely. And, and one of the things that I find myself doing now with clients is, you know, for a lot of people, simply they need a caloric deficit to lose weight. I mean, most people need a caloric deficit to lose weight. Uh, and we'll kind of put all the lifestyle factors and digestion and all of those things to the side here and just kind of talk, all right, if someone comes to you, they're just grossly eating too many calories on a daily basis and you put them in a deficit and they start to lose weight consistently. I find myself in the situation now, it's almost like, okay, if we've gone a period of maybe four weeks or so where they're consistently losing, I almost want to put them in a, a, a maintenance period and hold it there before we get too aggressive with consistently losing weight just because of the data that we have on kind of this aggressive weight rebound from losing weight too fast. Have you found yourself in those situations? Is that a way that you will manipulate people's plans? Uh, I've seen that used as like a diet break. So, you know, either we can do diet break for one or two reasons, either, you know, celebrate progress we've kind of already made, or sometimes when we're dieting really intensely for a period of time, backing off, 
having the diet break can ultimately facilitate more weight loss down the road. So in that sense, I think diet breaks can work. I think small periods of um, slightly higher calories or intermittent staggered periods of deficit with maintenance can be helpful. Uh, I think it's going to depend on the client's individual dieting history and what we experienced during the intake. I certainly believe that based on what you described, I'm sure you've encountered a client or several or, or more than that, where that approach has worked really well. And yeah. uh, really, you know, what we're looking for is uh, basically just sustainable progress. And so what diet breaks can do is sort of that mental refresher to continue in a deficit. Or if we've made a lot of progress, um, like you said, with the calorie deficit, um, I've usually I find that most clients need a reverse diet first before we're going down into a deficit. But in the few that I've had that are um, having success, you know, we will implement a diet break, or maybe we have a day or two where, you know, we each week where we're maybe bringing things up a little bit. A lot of it depends on their, their psychology, because some folks um, have a hard time with that calorie stagger, it can be very challenging mentally. So it really depends yeah. on what I've learned about the individual. But I certainly, you know, um, believe in the efficacy of what you talked about, I think, in, in situations um, where, where the context is appropriate, it definitely could be a tool to continue to drive, you know, future fat loss. Yeah, I think the key is, and obviously, you know, you nail it because it depends on every single situation. It's so client dependent on their physiology, on their psychology. Um, but the key is this whole concept of changing things up, but monitoring that change, both objectively and subjectively. And I think that's the sign of a great coach is just being able to understand the variables in place, being able to manipulate these variables to control the trajectory, right? Which, which direction the sailboat's going. And, and so you've really got to be in tune with what's going on with the client. You've got to have a very clear communication channel with them and, and make it clear to them that, you know, they need to communicate with you to help you understand what's going on, especially in this whole online space. It's very difficult to, to read what's going on when you're not seeing someone. Um, yeah. I'm going to take it. I just want to kind of address one more thing and then, and we'll kind of wrap things up. But you know, we talked about dieting down now. What about the situation? And you mentioned the term reverse diet, but a lot of people are coming into this situation already backed into a corner. They're coming into a coaching experience, already done aggressive dieting, already done aggressive exercising. And we hear this term kind of reverse dieting. So maybe talk about kind of what that means. And then you know, a, a possible scenario, because this is a difficult one, especially for people to wrap their heads around with the idea that, you know, their calories are already very low in their exercise and physical activity and, and stress is very high. So in many situations, we need to back down on, on the exercise, ramp up the nutrition, which is usually the last thing that someone wants to hear. How do you address those? And then how do you kind of use reverse dieting within that context? Yeah, reverse dieting is basically the solution to getting our backs out of the corner. Um, the way I approach that conversation, and I've had this several times recently, is, you know, where do we go from here? You're in the corner, we're eating 1,100 calories, or, you know, maybe it's lower, maybe it's more, depending on their body size, and say, so with the approach that you're currently taking, where would we have to go to achieve sustainable fat loss? And oftentimes, the answer is a greater deficit. And then I asked them, is that an amount that you would feel comfortable eating? Ultimately, if I told you, you know, you lose the weight, but then you have to stay down at that place, is that going to be an area that you can really maintain that? And oftentimes the answer is no. 
So what we're doing is we're essentially buying back um, some caloric wiggle room. And so mm -hmm. what's great about the reverse diet is, you know, just how we can adapt on the way down when we're eating less calories, our body can adapt on the way back up. So there's this kind of great zone um, that you can achieve in a reverse diet where we're adding calories in and there's like minimal negative physiological mm -hmm. changes. If anything, we're experiencing positive biofeedback. And so the reverse diet is just a tool to pull you out of that corner. All it means is it's a fancy term for gradually adding calories and basically moving in the opposite direction of um, instead of pursuing weight loss, it's usually pursued more so for health reasons. Some folks will hyper respond though, and you'll add calories and their thyroid will, will benefit from that. And they'll actually see a bit of a scale drop. Sometimes that's water weight. Sometimes there is a bit of body fat. Um, you know, the water's coming off when, when basically if we reduce the volume of stress in the body, um, you know, we, we sort of have this nice adrenal uh, refreshment going on at the same time, a refresher, I guess would be a better term there. Sure. But that's, that's where reverse dieting would work. I try to remind clients that they're already backs against the wall. I was like, okay, if your backs against the wall already, where are we going to go from here? And that seems mm -hmm. to be one of the best framing questions for the reverse diet. And then we sort of, um, hash it out from there. How far do you tend to push it? Cause what I experience a lot of times is we can start to ramp up and ramp up, um, to a certain point. And oftentimes, yeah, you'll see a, a initial drop in weight or they'll just notice a change in body composition because of a lot of water change. Um, but usually people are feeling really good with the increase in calories and just the, the mental aspect of, of feeling like, wow, I actually get to eat more now. I have more energy and I'm not gaining weight the way that I thought I would, which is awesome. But also kind of how far do you tend to take it um, with that kind of reverse? Do you, would you take it into what you would perceive to be a, a, a kind of a maintenance level for them and then maintain that for a little bit? Yeah. So typically it's, I'll calculate what their total daily energy expenditure should be. Um, and if they're below that, we're just trying to bridge the gap back to maintenance or maybe slightly above. We might overshoot it a little bit. That's typically the gap that I'm trying to cover. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I just, I love sharing that because I think a lot of people are concerned that they need to continue to, to take their calories down. And oftentimes that's certainly not the case. And, and like we talked about earlier in the call, you know, maybe it's don't mess with your calories. If you feel good about what you're eating right now, but let's address some of the other factors in your life. How's your digestion? How's your sleep? How's your mood? You know, um, what's your total stressor, you know, total stressors yeah. like, and if we can, if we can cover some of those, then likely it's going to do you a world of good uh, without even messing with the diet. So I, I just think it's so much, so many uh, clinical pearls within that. Sam, uh, how can people find out more about you, man? Sure. So I post a ton of free information on Sam Miller Science is my Instagram page. It's kind of where I live the most in Instagram stories. And then I'll post some educational videos and captions on there. Uh, we will be launching a new website here uh, probably by the time this podcast goes up. Uh, which awesome. will be samillarscience.com. Hopefully have some great articles on there for you guys, as well as some additional media and projects that we're working on right now. Uh, if you're particularly interested in physiology and hormones, especially as a professional, whether a coach or healthcare professional, we have the Hormone Blueprint. And we also have a few programs uh, that are called the Applied Science Methods programs for coaches, 
Uh, you can find that information at the link in my bio on Instagram or when the SamMillerScience.com site is live. Um, those are usually the best places to find me. If you like free podcasts, we've done dozens and dozens and dozens of free podcasts. So uh, if you search my name on iTunes specifically in that help or alternative health or fitness section, you're bound to find a plethora of interviews uh, with great talks like this with um, guys like Ben. So, you know, please continue to absorb that information. But if you have questions, always feel free to reach out. Well, as always, I'll have all of the links to Sam's contact info in the show notes. Make sure you follow him on Instagram and then check out all of his tons of really valuable free resources, uh, tons of great podcast interviews that you've done out there. So really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show, man. I'm so happy to be able to share all this information with my listeners. Um, and we're going to have to do it again because I still want to, I want to talk about peri-workout nutrition with you. I know we're yeah. on the same wavelength there, but uh, man, it's just, uh, it's great to see what you're doing in the industry. Great to see what you're doing for, with, for people and really great to see what you're doing for coaches. So I appreciate you, brother, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, I would love that. Peri-workout nutrition is one of my favorites. So let's talk again soon. And thanks so much for having me on today. Sounds good, my man. Pleasure. Take care. Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.